0: You're listening to Impact theory. Impact theory. Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Impact Theory. Impact, baby! Hey, everybody. Welcome to Impact Theory. Our goal with this show and company is to introduce you to the people and ideas that will help you actually execute on your dreams. All right, today's guest is the co-founder of Valley Teach and the former CEO of Valley itself. Not a bad outcome for a guy who grew up in Jaipur, India in a house with 23 people under one roof. At one point, there were so many people crammed into such a small space that he had to share one bed with two other people. Knowing that he wanted something more for his life, he set out on a path to getting wealthy. That path led him to founding several companies, including Blink Webinars, the Global Grit Institute, and Evercoach, to name but a few. Some succeeded and some failed, but he knocked it out of the park when he agreed to join a tiny startup called Valley as an intern. Committing to the opportunity, mind, body, and soul, he took himself from being the intern to being the CEO and helped the company become the juggernaut that it is today with hundreds of employees and countless customers all over the world, generating untold millions of dollars in revenue annually. Eventually, realizing that he was crushing it in business at the expense of his personal life, he ultimately transitioned out of that role to focus his time and attention on the things that feed him not just financially, but emotionally as well. Now, he's a best-selling author who sits on the board of companies like Digital Academy India, Omvana, and Valley Italy. So please, help me in welcoming the man who is on a mission to directly impact the lives of one million people, the author of Live Big, Ajit Nawalka.
1: What's up, brother? What's up, man? How you doing, man? You. Welcome. Great.
0: Damn, send me that intro. <laughs> any time man, any time your story is really incredible and well first of all You had already had quite a bit of success and the fact that you were willing to become an intern and then work your way up What did what traits
1: in you? Do you think allowed you to do that? So I I think the the thing that had happened at the time when I joined the company as an intern was that there was a shift that was coming uh, In the world. It, this is about 10 years ago. This is about 2008 and in India, Facebook was a really new thing. That was the time when I was actually running a company that was trying to be a social media in India. This is really early internet. Like this is the time when in India, we were still doing the dial-up internet connection, right? So uh, so I, I was running that company and I had realized that company didn't work. That the company bombed thanks to Facebook. But one thing that I realized while Facebook was taking over that part of the world is that this is going to be the future. Mm. And I knew nothing about it like as much as I was trying to build a digital company, I knew nothing about how to make things work on internet. So it was purely an opportunity thing. I was like, okay, I got to learn this stuff. And I was fortunate to know people in different places because I was a part of a student organization, which is a phenomenal, uh, among the world's largest international student organizations in my very early years. And one of that person was in Malaysia at the time, and he knew my interest to learn about digital marketing. And he said, hey, listen, I, I don't know any big companies, but this this tiny little startup that seemed to have a culture that I think you will love. Uh, you will love. So why don't you go try this one? And that was really what it was. It was the curiosity to say I'm young I'm I'm very stupid. I still am very young and very stupid But why not take this opportunity to learn a little bit and that got me to take that chance?
0: Well, it's interesting because one thing I've heard you talk a lot about is Not being afraid to face what you don't know and you talk a lot about know thyself mm-hmm. and I love that, and I, th- I get the feeling that that's one of the things that's really supercharged you, is you always lean into, okay, maybe I don't know this now, but I can learn it, and I'm going to go educate myself, and you said mm-hmm. that education is a huge priority for you. Mm-hmm. So how do you There's really two things in that story I, I want the audience to really understand. One, how do you have the humility to go from starting a company, being a co-founder, to being an intern? I think that's huge. And then how do you begin to like really get traction in the company and, and show people what you can do?
1: So let's tackle the first part, which is about humility. I think it comes a little bit from, I had a lot of wisdom around me. I had my grandfather in the same house and my father in the same house. And, and they, they, they're just really wise people. My grandfather's passed now, but if, if I could share a story with you about just to see how wisdom around you can help you. There's a story that my my father told me once about my grandfather, which is uh, they were they were starting to try to start their gemstone business, and as they were starting to build that business, they had they got a they got a really big contract. This is like 30 years ago, right? And they were like, okay, this is where we crush it. This is where we become successful, right? They get the contract, and when you get the contract, my father's work was he would take raw uncut stones and convert it into precious gemstones. So they would go out, they go to some international place, buy raw, uncut stones, and the person they were in partnership with took all that and just ran away with it. So he was completely destroyed, like you can imagine. He was like, I'm done, this is over, there's no future for us, and I don't know how to put food on the table. And my grandfather first stared at him, then smiled at him and said, let's go get some sweets to celebrate. My dad was of course completely uh, confused. He was like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm not saying we got the stones, we lost the stones. We don't have these anymore. Uh, He was like, no, I'm celebrating two things today. One is that you now have realized in life that things will go bad and things are going to go bad. This is not the first or the last time that's gonna happen, it's gonna keep happening. And that's just how life is. The second thing that I really wanna celebrate is in a few months from now, because of your intelligence, because of your hard work, you'll be past this and you'll be okay. And there is nothing for you to worry about here, right? So I think that, that kind of wisdom allowed me really early in life to, to look at life from a place of play than a place of uh, climbing a mountain. I think some elements of, of that and, and a few more of saying I wanted to create a life for myself. Uh, first, uh, I was living in a house of 23, I wasn't happy. Uh, I I love the people, love the people in that house. They're my family and so forth. But it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't something um, that helped my spirituality or put me in a good state as a as a person. So I needed success, and I needed a lot of it to get out of that house. And that I think was one of the big drivers for me to go from intern to becoming the CEO of, I would say one of the most profound companies there is in in the space of personal excellence. And and that was one of the big drivers. I had to prove something to myself, not to anybody else, to myself that I can do this. Mm.
0: So tell me about, you were studying to be an engineer. I was. And you had to confront your dad about this isn't for me. How, when you hear from your mom as a mantra, what will people think, what will people think, what will people think, how does it become your mantra basically ZFG,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk you, which is
0: like a whole chapter in your yeah. book. Talk to people about ZFG, what it means, mm-hmm. how, was that what was going on? I don't think that what happened with you and your dad. So like, what does happen with your dad? How do you face up to that pressure, which is coming from your family? And then ultimately, how do you develop the ZFG
1: mentality? What happened once was, I know I'm not liking what I'm doing. And even if I do this, I'd probably be really bad at it because I don't enjoy it at all. Uh, so I'm not going to enjoy the next four years while I graduate from this. And if this actually is my life for the next 30, 40, 50 years, I'm probably going to suck at this. So I maybe want to take a hard look at, at my life. And with these small motivations that were coming along, I, I gathered the courage to actually not tell my father directly. I actually wrote a letter to him. Because, so I, because I didn't you have you were the, afraid to... I him? was afraid. Okay. I was afraid. I didn't know how to have that conversation. I didn't know how to tell him because they had invested a lot of money in me for me to get educated to be able to do the engineering. It wasn't, again, like I said, my family is from humble beginnings. We were 23 people living in the same house, right? So I was right now saying, I'm gonna shatter all the dreams of my mother, of finally her being able to boastfully say she has a kid who's an engineer. I am about to shatter all the dreams of my father probably, plus I'm gonna waste all this money. So I basically become the the black sheep of the family the moment I say this. So it was a hard thing for me to say. And I didn't know how to say it. So I wrote a letter to him, a full two-page letter, explaining my situation, how I felt, and how uh, I really need him to support me. And I'm I'm fortunate. My father is a very understanding person. Um, So he said, okay, I'll let you pursue what you want to pursue, but here is what I can tell you. I can't fund you. I don't have the money to be able to say if you have some exorbitant idea to start a business. I don't have the money for it, right? What I can do is I'll support you for the next three, four years because that was your graduating years. Do whatever you need to do. And and that got me started into saying, I now have, I'm I'm a man of my own. I have to figure this out by myself, which also gave me the, the drive to actually start uh, work very early in life. Like I started doing part-time jobs in very different categories because I didn't know what I wanted, right? I was just somebody who had just gotten out of school hoping to be an engineer and now he had no hope there. So I wasn't pursuing education, I had to figure out a way. And that got me started early on in, in really trying to interact with people and learn from others because again, I couldn't afford uh, seminars or events. So for me, it was people. It was people like you and people like other people who you would interact on a daily life and hopefully work for them and so forth and and be able to go, okay, I got that from that person, that from that person, and thankfully people were willing to share that with me. But eventually it got me to a point where I went to ZFG, which was zero fucks given actually. That's what really it extends into. And and it wasn't zero fucks given in context of saying, I don't care about the other person and I wanna be very clear about that. It's not, I don't care for you. It's just, I don't care for your opinion of me. Uh, because I know that I am my own person, and you, ne- you will never know the full story. There is no way that I can say somebody's story, and I can accurately comment exactly how they feel. Mm. It's not possible. It's their journey, it's their experience, it's their universe almost, right? I would say until recently, maybe, maybe until four or five years ago, I cared a lot about how people thought about me, and that, op- that helped me to some degree, because I would try to outdo everybody else, and that was my chase. Who do we think is successful? person who has a lot of money, right? That's what definition of success looks like in the outside world. But most of the time if you meet people, and I'm not saying all of, all of us are like that, but most of the time you meet people who have a lot of money, they are driven by um, by very materialistic gains. And so everything else in their lives are, are suffer are, are suffering almost right they, their relationship usually is the first one to go then goes the health then goes all the friendships and then comes the dialogue like it's lonely at top and this and that it's like come on uh if you can build a business you can build a life and success is not you saying how much money you have in the bank account it's about who you are and how you show up in the world and how you show up for yourself forget about everybody else how do you show up for yourself and that's where my theory and my philosophy of of not caring about what anybody else thinks about me comes from. I, I honor your opinion. I will listen to good feedback, but I don't care if you think I'm a good person, I'm a bad person, I'm successful, I'm failure. It's not, it's not for you to decide, it's for me to decide. And I do care for things that I care for in the world. So it's not zero fucks given in the sense of saying, okay, I don't care for the world, it's all about me, 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 me. It's the other way. It's like I care for the things that I care about. I just don't care for your opinions about me, especially if they don't come from a place of love. If they come from a place of love, I do care what you think about me. I do give a fuck, but I don't give a fuck if you just are presenting an opinion because you saw a post on Instagram and you have a problem with that.
0: So how do you help people get out from under family pressure, societal pressure? You talk a lot about social comparison. Like how do you help people deal with that? And then how do you help them find the clarity of what they really
1: want for themselves? So finding clarity is, is a very internal process. And and most of the time, what, what has happened in our world today, and it happens more and more people get on social media and more time they spend on social media, is that we, and this is actually scientifically researched, they, they develop something that is called social comparison. We always had that as human beings because we would look at somebody else and we would go, okay, this is this is that person, let me take that from this person, right? In the sense of just comparing myself, that was our measuring stick for the longest time and has been, and that's just human nature, and that's okay until it becomes an addiction, right? Because previously, social comparison was like, okay, I met somebody, I'm inspired by that person, I compared myself, I went back home, and I forgotten about the person. Right. Now you remember the person every second the time you open up your Instagram, right? Because they are in your feed all the time, right? And because of that, it causes anxiety, it causes unnecessary stress, and most of the time, it gets people to do more things, right? The thing with, with life generally, and we would see this in businesses more often than anything else, and even in life, more activity almost never means more success. It's usually less activity that creates more success, and success in the definition of however you define success. Right? More activity only creates more anxiety most of the time. Explain that. So, so think about it like this. So for example, um, if somebody is, running a business, business is an easier example. Most of the time they're going, okay, so somebody said uh, we should do some Facebook ads and then we should do some Google ads and YouTube's popping right now, so let's do some YouTube and let's do some Instagram. Most of the time what we find, there's maybe one or two centers in the entire business that actually makes sense to do. So there might be one play, like a YouTube or a Facebook or Instagram, whatever that is for that business, that's all that the business requires. And not once, this is every single time I've gone into a business we have looked at the business, we have said, you know what? You're doing 10 items, let's do two, right? And when we do two, we experience almost consistently anywhere between 30% to 300% growth in the business. Is it because people are getting too distracted? They're spread too thin or? Yeah, because they're always comparing is why they do things, right? How is a business strategy usually picked in a business? You look at some of the business and go, well that business did that, I'm gonna do that, right? That's how you pick a business strategy. Is that the right way to pick a business strategy? If you really think about it, that's never the right way to pick a business strategy. The right way to pick a business strategy is twofold. One is you figure out who your client is and how do you serve them. And second is, do you even have the team to be able to do it, right? Doing more, and this is, again, a a thing that happens with entrepreneurs often is they go, I can just work more, Mm. right? I'll just post more often. Is that the way, really, you will build a company? And you know this. You build companies. You know it's always about the team. If you build leadership in your team, you will build the company. But if you are trying to do more and you don't have the leaders to be able to do that more, it's not gonna happen. All you're gonna do is you will be overwhelmed, you will be anxious, and you will not really grow your business, and you will wonder why it's not working, then you'll look at another business and guess what you're gonna do? Maybe I need to do one more thing. That's not how you build your company. And thats it's just look at any company that has become successful. And the easiest and the most quoted example is Steve Jobs. Right. He came back to Apple, what did he do first thing? He said, I don't care about the to- hundreds of products they had at the time, we're going to do these two. Right now, even until recently, I don't know where it is now, but I know a couple of years ago I saw they could still fit all their products on a dinner table, mm. right? Become the most successful, powerful company in the world. So It's not about more, it's always about less. It's only in time you realize what less it is.
0: To make this really concrete, because I think your own story is super powerful here, walk people through, so you're the CEO of Mind Valley. you're killing it, you're making a fortune, doing better, certainly earlier than you ever thought you would do, you had the whole mission, I want to buy my family a house, you thought by the time I'm 50, you do it by the time you're 30, so you're, by every sort of objective measure, you're doing well, but by one measure, which will shorthand to internal happiness, you're not doing well. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you go down the building awareness, um, rediscovering yourself, like what were the, and I know you're trying to avoid um, the process, but even just like getting some of the steps that you went through as, as a framing device for perspective I think would mm-hmm. be really helpful.
1: Sure, so firstly there were more measures than just internally not being happy. It was everything else in life but money. Mm-hmm. and and purposeful work. So basically work and career and profession was the one that I was like, this is spot on, exactly what I would want and I would do it every day if I could. And everything else, be it my health, be it my relationships, be it my friendships, be it my relationships with my parents, be it my travel schedules, whatever that was, it was absolutely something that I um, didn't truly enjoy, didn't truly align with, or was not healthy in. If I continued the path, I was on path to, to have some horrible outcomes in my life. Um, or loneliness would be the outcome of a lot of those situations in my life. So, so, so often we tend to, tend to separate success by saying financial success. We don't tend to separate success by financial success and life success. We tend to go, okay, if I'm financially successful, I'm successful, right? So that was kind of my dialogue and that was the internal dialogue that I came to that realization. I came to that realization only when I took some time away I was definitely, definitely not feeling at the peak of my game. So I took the time away because of career, honestly. I was like, oh, I need to get back on my peak, so I should take some time off. And I started evaluating my life. So the first step was for me was to say, what does my life look like? What are my goals, my life goals? And where am I today? Right. And as I wrote my goals, I realized that I have met all of the goals that I had put myself for Financial success, right? Like I, I, I got the house for my family. I was CEO of a wonderful company, so forth. All the other goals, uh, like travel for a month every year, just travel, not not worry, not work travel, 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 right? or to have the kind of body I wanted. And, and all of those other things, write, which was a key thing for me, and still is a key thing for me because I love writing. Like those were my passions, were all unchecked. I learned early on not to have timed goals, so I don't put goals and say 2019 I'm gonna do this, or 2020 I'm gonna do this. I usually have, this is what I want to do. Doesn't matter when it happens, but this is what I want to do. It's right?
0: really counterintuitive. Explain people why you've taken that approach.
1: Well, because life is not defined by a year if this year started and people think 1st of January is a great day, is it really? You decide to change when you want to change, right? When I decided to change, it was in December. It wasn't 1st of January when I took the call. It was maybe 25th of December because that was where I was uh, at the time. And I said, I think life needs to change today. And it changed that day. You said you took the call internally? Internally, yeah. I kind of said, okay, I'm evaluating my life right now. I'm definitely not a complete successful myself. Mm. Uh, I have all those those things that make me sound successful, from the outside in, I would look amazing and wonderful and the greatest kid or whatever, but from the inside, I was like, what the heck am I doing, right? So I wasn't happy, I wasn't in alignment with where I wanted to go generally in life. Um, so for internally, I said, this needs to change. I need to be somebody that I am happy with. Like, I love myself in that in that dialogue and, uh, and, and so that's, that's where the change first started, is that decision. So how do you
0: deal with the fear and the doubt that inevitably would crop up in that moment?
1: Good question. So my process, and I, I know I'm trying to avoid processes there, but at the same point in time, here is how I deal with fear. Fear is a, is a figment of our imagination, right? Fear is created because of expectations, right? And I, I, I learned this process early on, is that every time I would get scared, I would usually be scared because I have some future I have imagined, there is something in the future that I think will happen because I will do this right now, is why I'm scared of doing this, right? You're about to jump off a plane, you think you're going to die, you don't consider you have a parachute or a person that is jumping with you, right? So so that's what you're scared of, is why you won't jump off a plane, is because you think you will die. Um, so I had, firstly, once you have an expectation of yourself and you say, Hey, I don't need to have this expectation. I'm just living life as, as a play. It's a game, it's music, it's, it's fun, it's joy. I don't have an expectation uh, of a particular outcome. It's, it doesn't mean I'm discounting myself. Like the the people can get confused with that. Like, it's not that I'm saying, Oh, I don't want to be even more impactful in the world, or a better version, mm. or a more honest version of myself. That journey will still continue. I just don't have that expectation. I'm not gonna be sad if that doesn't happen one day. It's just something that, hey, that's that looks fun. That looks fun to create, right? A company, a bigger company than where I am today, it's a fun thing to do. So I'm doing it for the fun and the joy, so I am enjoying along the ride. Like I'm not gonna kill myself if I don't get there one day. Like it's not, it doesn't define me. It's. It's there only so I have something to chase mm. because it's fun to chase. So it's for the joy of the chase than then actually for the achievement of the thing because honestly, and we all do this, by the time you get close to this, aren't you going to just move this further, <laughs> right? And so it's a chase. Let's enjoy the chase. Why do we have to kill ourselves in the, if we don't get it? Mm. The chase is supposed to be fun, right? So so that's been, I, I lose my train of thought now about what no, we were no, talking no, that about. that was perfect. So I'm, but, yeah. what I'm
0: trying to figure out is how your, Willing to and able quite frankly to reinvent yourself to stare down those things And I think that was a really good explanation and that leads me to your whole notion around values And I think this is so important and when I think about One of the things that people really struggle with is they just don't have the clarity which we touched on earlier but breaking it down for them in a way where they know what they need to define and the language that you use around identifying your values, what are they, how do you make them more concrete, how do you, like you wear yours. Yeah. So like walk people through, because I think a lot of people hear your story and because they don't have your value system, they don't have your beliefs, they didn't grow up around the same wisdom that you did, they hit that roadblock and they don't have your toolkit. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're able to do the work, right? And they go, whoa, I'm really not happy. Yeah, I'm making money or whatever, I hit the success that I thought was gonna fulfill me, it has not but now I'm paralyzed because I don't know what that next step is. And I think that next step is values. Yeah. And so walk people through that.
1: So just to give more context of understanding what, what values even mean. So what happens is a lot of times in life we set goals and goals are usually set because that's usually our how our education system is, right? Every school, every year you evaluate it, there's a grading system, ABC or marks or however that is in different parts of the world. You go, okay, that's what I need to hit because that is what, uh, that is what will make my mom happy, my dad happy, my family happy, my, my friends will accept me, whatever the story is around that, right? So you're always chasing, and that's why we also have year long goals, why? Because that's how education system is set up, because from grade one to grade two to grade three, it's always a year cycle, right? So everything is year cycle, our company is set up year cycle, taxes are set up year cycle, life runs on years, but that's not true, right? So firstly, that's the first dialogue to have, is why is it that we operate on goals? The reason we operate on goals is because that's how life has been designed for all of us and it make, seems to make more sense to us, right? But at the same point in time, life, as we have all lived it, we know doesn't really change by the month of the day. It changes by how and when we are ready to change it, mm. right? So that's the first understanding that we need to have, right? The life is, life is flowing. You can choose to change in this moment, you can choose to change it three years from now or 30 years from now, and it will change the day you wanna change it, right? Now, once you know that, you understand that goals can be timeless. Now, the second part of that is, if life is going to flow, means on every moment basis, it's going to be different in a way, right? It's almost like, Uh, It's like a heartbeat or a river or music. It changes by the note, right? It's just changing all the time, right? This moment, it's different, right? Energy changes, our way we react to things change, all things change all the time. And if that's the case, what's the one thing that can define us or help us stay in a place of joy, right? Because if life is gonna be up and down and things will change and things will go bad and things will go right, there has to be something that becomes our anchor point. It can't always be that goal, which is so arbitrary anyways. So what is it that can help us always be in that grounding state and be in a place of joy and be in that floating state all the time to be able to go, oh, I'm pumped about this. I'm pumped about this moment. doesn't matter how it shows up. I'm pumped about this, right? And that got me to the dialogue of saying, maybe I need to find something that I can anchor into at all times, things that actually give me joy all the time, right? And that's what your values are. Your values are usually already with you. You just have not bring in awareness to them. It's the way you operate, right? And if you ask the, ask the hard questions, and, and me and my wife have a, have a practice. Every six months, we go evaluate where we are at right now. Are we valuing something different? Uh, are we valuing the same things, right? For example, you my old. As a couple or as a couple. individually? No, as a couple and then individually as well. We, we have a whole process around it. We, we take like three days, four days away and just do that. Uh, anyway, so coming back to it. So we, we, we went in and we went through the process saying, okay, what is it? that I show up in in situations, right? So in different situations, you show up very differently, right? So for example, what happens when you're in a time of stress? Or what happens in a time when the business goes down, business goes up? What happens or how do you operate when you're reaching out for that unhealthy food? Right? What is the what is the place you're operating from, right? And if you can find those places that you operate from, you know the emotions you want to avoid. Right. So look for the negative emotions that you experience more most commonly and find what is the place that you operate from that causes you to operate that way. Right, If you're mean to someone, what's the place that you come from? Why is that place there? Right, Do you like that place? Hopefully most of the times your answer should be, no, I don't like to be angry, I don't like to be frustrated, I don't like to be anxious. Usually people don't like to be all those things. They can be useful emotions to tap into at times, they're not the place you wanna be all the time. Right. Then you find your good spots. It's like, okay, when is it that I feel most powerful? Right? When is it that I feel more excited? What is the type of work I'm doing when I'm? What's the place you're operating from there? Right? Why why is it that this is fun? Right? And when you go, okay, this is why this is fun. These are the things that I operate from, you hopefully will be able to find five or ten things, or five or ten emotions, or five or ten places that you operate from that gives you that feeling, that gives you that joy. For me, it was service and love. Every time I'm in a, I'm in a place of service that I can help somebody in any way, it gives me tremendous amount of joy. And my second is love, which is anytime I'm able to express my love for somebody or something or for myself, that gives me tremendous amount of joy. Mm. How do people
0: find those for themselves? Like how do you identify and do you see it? Because I've, I've always thought of the turning inward process as being one of self-definition versus self-discovery. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I know from hearing you talk that for you, it's much more a, a sense of discovering what is already there. So what does that look like? How do people do that? Because I don't think most people know what their values are.
1: Yeah, they don't. And that's why we can... So, so it's almost like we are reactive to life instead of proactive to life. Right? We operate from life as life comes to us. Right, It's like, okay, this is happening, let me react to that. Right? And that's why we can get into places which are sometimes not really good for us. Right? Whereas if you're proactive about life, you go, how do I want life to show up for me? Right? And that's coming from the place of value. So let's be proactive about life. How do you become more proactive about life is, is yes, discovery, and also definition a little bit. And we'll come to that in a second. Firstly, look for what is it that you want from your life? Right? Again, one thing that people don't tend to, tend to do or they think it's too far out. It's okay, whatever you can imagine, what you want from your life, and not only in context of experiences that you want or things that you want, what do you want from your life? How do you want your friendships to look like? How do you want your relationship to look like? How do you want your state to look like on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis? Once you define that, you go one step further and go, what is it that will create that for me? right what is it that will create that for me now you will put some tools you might say okay learnings will do that for me events will do that for me so forth right friendships will do that for me now what do I need to be to be able to uh, create this for me now who do I need to be once you define that you'll find usually there will be some things that you truly are and some things you need to nurture and which are your values actually some things that you really are and some things you need to nurture. So I only say two values, I have more than two values. The two values are most prominent for me. These are the places I want to be in all the time, right? But I of course have more values as well. I have abundance as one of my values. So there's nothing wrong with having more values, but you just need to find those five, maybe seven of those that are true, honest to you, that you wanna operate from all the time. And, and some of them are true to you, some of them you'll nurture, that's, that's okay and nurturing will take its own process because once you know what they are, you go, okay. But I do, fall. for example, let's say if I was somebody who, who had the challenge of being always being in service, but I do want that, my value, because that's the life I want to create. Well, I'll have to nurture, I'll have to create check mechanisms for myself to be able to go, am I acting from a place of service? And to check back in and, and go, okay, oh no, this was not from a place of service, this was from greed, for example. Right and that will change that reality because yes initially it might be greed, but eventually after six months after a year of practice You will come from a place of service You will change that dialogue and you will not do something just because you're greedy about it You will do it because you actually love doing it and you will stop doing things that you did because you were greedy about it So that's the operation that I, that that you need to do in context of nurture.
0: What do you say to people who have picked values because the values sound good versus them being actually something, <laughs> if
1: they're really honest, that's yeah. driving them? Well, it's good for the shell and great if that's the life you want to live. If you want to live a life where you're something on the outside and something on the inside, good for you. Let's see how long that lasts for you and does that give you a life that you really want? So it's again, it's, it's one of those decisions that we have to make for ourselves as human beings, right? We can be as human beings as people who are always right for the world or we can be just right for ourselves, right? So we can just be honest about ourselves or we can put display for the world. Nothing wrong with putting display to the world. if That's what gives you joy but just be honest about it with yourself because it's, eventually it all boils down to you and your story. Yeah, you've talked a lot about perspective and
0: choice and that's something that I find really interesting. So one of the things that you said is everybody needs to remember that they always have a choice. What do you mean by that? Because I think some people really feel like, no, 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 there are times where I'm completely out of control.
1: Well, that's the choice you made.
0: <laughs> that you're
1: completely that you're, yeah, yeah, that you're completely out of control. That's a choice that you make. And it's not that, by choice I don't mean you have control. By choice I mean you have the choice of how you operate when that situation's happening. So let's say something bad is happening right now in your life and it seems like it is out of control. Well, you have the choice of saying, do I choose right now to shift my perspective and use this as a learning opportunity? Or do I shift my perspective or keep my perspective of saying this is hard, right? It's it's one of those classic stories, right, You, you find, An alcoholic has two kids. One becomes an alcoholic because, well, my father was an alcoholic. Another one becomes a absolute legend and hates alcohol because they're like, well, my father was an alcoholic. Right. It's the same story. It's the same situation. You can choose to go this way or that way. Both of them are right.
0: I love that. All right. Before I ask my last question, tell these guys where they can find you online
1: well you can google my name if you can spell it <laughs> <laughs> you can go to mindvalley.com or you can go to evercoast.com i'm present at all our different companies that we have created globalgridinstitute.com or you can find me on instagram and facebook They're all by my full name so it's ajit ajit navalka N-A-W-A-L-K-H-A. k a j
0: all right my last question is
1: what is the impact that you want to have on the world so i have thought i've thought really hard about this what's the impact that i want to have in the world and I think the conclusion that I've gotten to is that I just want to make the world a little bit better. Mm. So I don't want to, I, I don't want to put myself under the pressure of saying I will change the world. I don't want to put the world under the pressure of saying I will change the world. Uh, I want us to be able to create a positive force as much as we can, on an every day, every moment basis, every conversation. If I can create if I can move the needle just a little bit more, if I can move the line just a little bit further for us to be able to, as humanity, say, hey, we made progress. Mm -hmm. And every day, every moment of my life, that's all I wanna do. I, I don't care if the world remembers me. I don't care if I become a legend or I don't, but I just want to make sure that we are moving the world more and more towards the positive direction that everybody is getting a choice to be able to live a better life if they choose to. That is
0: amazing. Guys, hopefully this episode is adding value. And by the way, if it is, hit that like button. If you love it, hit the love button. And if it's really adding value and you think that it would help somebody else, be sure to share it. That's a way for us to get this message out there and I think that his message is really extraordinary. And if you read his book, one thing that you're going to see is how you can begin to define your own life, how you can really take control, how you can not only get the awareness that he's talking about, but understand how to put it to use. And he gets really practical in his book. And that was one thing that I really loved about the book is that ultimately it is going to show you how you can implement this stuff in your own life. And he talks about how not every passion is something that you can monetize, which is something that you You have to face, be really realistic to look at that and seeing the journey that he's gone on, the moments where he's been succeeding from a traditional standpoint, but had the self awareness to really re identify what was important to him and make the changes in his life. And something we didn't even get to talk about, which is this four by four principle where he works four hours a day, four days a week, which is pretty extraordinary. So if you wanna learn more about that, be sure to check out the book as well. He's really crafted a pretty extraordinary life, which is meant to feed daily joy and not just the uh, stereotypes of what we think people expect of us. And his whole notion of lean into who you really are instead of who other people expect you to be, I think is really extraordinarily powerful. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, be sure to look him up, it will be very, very powerful if you do. All right, guys, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. Till next time, my friends, be legendary. Jeet, thank you so much for coming on <clears throat> an absolute pleasure.